Hi, I'm Peyton Manning, and I'm partnering with the American Red Cross this year to tackle blood shortages. Giving blood's important because every two seconds, someone actually needs blood, and unfortunately, only like 3% of the U.S. population donates. So we have to step up to give and to make sure there's plenty of blood available for those in need. Visit redcrossblood.org to get in the game and make an appointment to give. Hi, I'm your host, Mark Stenson. In addition to these podcast interviews, I facilitate patient-doctor listening research known as Innovate Groups. These panels have four patients and four doctors and provide an opportunity to observe and improve the interactions that lie at the heart of effective health care. I've created an ebook on this Innovate Group method, and I'd like to offer you a download it includes real-life case studies to underscore the power of better patient-doctor listening. So visit biosciencebridge.com to download your ebook, Innovate Group Revolutions. Now, before I welcome today's guest, here's a familiar voice on an important health topic. Welcome to The Patient Speak, Healthcare Innovations Accelerating the Patient Journey. Featuring interviews with healthcare leaders and patient advocates, Here's your host, best-selling author, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends and colleagues, to our podcast, The Patients Speak. And as we begin a new season, a new series of interviews, we want to reignite and recommit to listening to the patients, hearing their stories and their journeys, not just the medical side, but the life of the patients and what we need to hear when they speak. And today, I'm so happy to have Jean-Marie Retief. Jean, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. And if this were just an average business and entrepreneur type of podcast on success principles and how you've achieved great things, we'd be talking about your business and your skincare line, Figi Beauty and Healthcare. But you've also got another part of your life, and that is dealing with a journey of panic disorders, panic attacks, anxiety conditions. And we want to hear your journey of that and probably how it affects your business life. If we start there, Jean, as we think about what healthcare professionals and executives might need to hear from patients and from your own journey, what do you think we need yeah. to hear the most? My experience with panic disorder was the diagnosis was really tough. I never knew I had panic disorder. I always knew I was a very anxious person. People always told me I was overly sensitive. I was always super stressed but I was only diagnosed officially in 2015 after a really horrible episode when I was traveling for my human rights consultancy. And I had thought I had a stroke, but after many tests, it turned out it was a panic disorder. I find it really difficult to articulate what something like that is to the people in my life or friends, or family, or colleagues, because I think when you hear the word panic disorder or anxiety disorder, you assume it's somebody that doesn't know how to handle stress or isn't as good with handling stressful situations or somebody that has panic attacks. But it's so much more than that because it's all of the symptoms that come with it that affect your daily life. So it's already so difficult to explain everything it encompasses to the people in your life. It makes it even more frustrating if you have to find yourself in a space where you're constantly having to explain that to healthcare providers mm -hmm. as well, because that's supposed to be your safe space 
where they get to understand you. And I've been blessed with an amazing psychiatrist that has walked this journey with me and a wonderful psychologist and a really good supportive team. But when I was diagnosed, they told me to diagnose a panic disorder as process of elimination. So you first look at all of the really big, scary things and you make sure it's not a heart attack. It's not a stroke. It's not all of these things. And if it's not, then we can start saying it's an anxiety disorder. And the first night of my that led to my diagnosis, I was in hospital. I had swallowed the camera. I had a colonoscopy. I had all sorts of tests done on me. The doctor came in and he looked at me and he threw a box of pills at me and he said to me, you are stressed and stress has never helped anybody achieve anything. Take this, feel better and talk to your GP. And that just completely devastated me. I bet it did. (laughs) And and this whole idea of the process of elimination. I have heard that and uh, read that about anxiety disorders and panic attacks. As I think I'm having a heart attack, am I having a stroke? Is it, or on the other side, oh, it's just stress. It's Mm. just anxiety. You need to deal with life better, bite your upper lip and try to deal with things. How did you then walk away from that and begin to take the next steps to find the root causes? I think for me, I'd always known what the root causes were because I was always anxious and I have a lot of childhood trauma that I had to deal with that I know I didn't deal with correctly. But walking away from that experience and trying to get to a point where I'm dealing with a diagnosis and understanding how to get better was a very long journey for me, years. Because again, like I had all of these instances that got stuck in my mind because if we go back to that example I just gave you, You're so vulnerable in that moment because all of these tests are being done for you personally going through this, having the panic attacks, you are absolutely convinced in that moment that you are dying. This is your last moments on earth and it feels like nobody is seeing you and nobody is helping you and nobody is understanding the urgency of the situation. And then to be told, it's just stress or it's just anxiety or just take these pills and feel better. It's really hard to get on a journey towards healing from that because you have to understand you also start to feel a little bit. One of the things that happen when you have a panic attack is you feel like you're going crazy. This is one of the worst things. And that is perpetuated even more by this process of elimination because now you're starting to think I am imagining all of these things Mm -hmm. i'm imagining that i have pain in my chest i'm imagining that i'm shaking all over so that journey to get from there to starting to deal with it really took me a lot of work and a lot of years and there were three years in the beginning that i dealt with it really badly and it came back to haunt me yes Maybe what are the lessons learned from that maybe that we could share? I think about picking up on the title of our show, The Patients Speak. You even felt, hey, I just want to be heard. And so many patients are are like this. It's, yeah, I just need somebody to listen to me. What sort of, maybe I'll say tools, but what sort of approaches did you take to try to improve the hearing of your story? I'm pretty much a perfectionist so when they told me I needed to go see a psychologist I thought okay I'm just going to follow all the steps I'm just going to do everything that my GP says 
luckily I, I was blessed with a very good psychologist and he helped me through the steps. But I think looking back at it now, it would have helped me a lot if especially that night, because that was the night where it was broken to me and I was under trying to comprehend what was going on. If I had somebody with a medical background that just showed me a little bit of compassion and said, listen, I understand that what you are feeling is really real to you. And I understand that you feel like you cannot go home and you can't breathe and this is what is physically happening to your body. This is why it is happening. I only got into that conversation after I had been with my psychologist for a couple of weeks, because then I was only at the level where he could have a straight conversation with me. But I think if that had been explained to me in the beginning, I could have at least started to wrap my mind around the notion that I can be having these severe symptoms and it can be something caused by something mentally going on but that never occurred to me I just I felt crazy <laughs> mm. I was being told I'm I am because I'm just stressed so I think that would have helped me yes a lot just to say I understand or this must be really tough yeah and mm. just to explain to me what my body is going through because then it started to make sense to me okay your body's always in fight or flight this is why this is what your body does when it goes into that kind of super scary run away from the monster thing and this is the symptoms that you can expect like I knew nothing about that the only thing I knew in my mind was that I couldn't breathe and I was dying mm -hmm. And how frustrating it must have also been to be in that sort of uh, emergency room environment. But you say, I'm an educated person. I'm a professional. I have a doctorate. And yet I'm not understanding just from a knowledge standpoint, what is going on with my body and my brain at this point? Yeah, it's very frustrating because the night that I had my first panic attack. I was traveling for my human rights consultancy. So I was not in a very good area. There aren't a lot of hospitals around. And I had thought I was having a stroke. So I got to the emergency room and I was really stressed out. And the doctor just kept yelling at me and asking me, what drugs did I take? Mm -hmm. And what drugs am I? Because, and I was trying to tell him I am at this moment, not in control of my body, but I think I'm still in control of my thoughts. And, and I'm telling you now I'm here for work. I, I haven't taken anything. I am here because you need to help me. And I remember I didn't even know the nurse and I just clutched to her hand and I begged her. I was like, please just don't let me die here alone because I couldn't phone my husband. I didn't have my phone with me. I Everything was just so it's a really horrible situation to be in you're so vulnerable and you're so completely dependent upon this person that is supposed to have the answers and it's difficult to then just be treated in this way yes let's continue on this journey and the other side of your life and your business uh listeners my guest is dr jean retief We've been talking about her panic disorders and mental health challenges with anxiety. But this also fed, Jean, your desire to start a new company and to take a new, fresh look at your career and your life. And I wonder if you could tell us about that moment of pivot for you. 
Yeah. I moved to Portugal with my family in 2020. And this is when my mismanaged panic disorder really came to a crash. And I had severe health issues. I was not functioning. I had a lot of stress. I had a lot of secondary trauma because of my consultancy. So I knew I had to make a change. And this is when I was also introduced to a more kind of, I guess you could say, holistic approach to mental health. And I was paired with a new psychologist because I had moved to a new country. And she started to teach me about understanding my body and the cues in my body and understanding my breathing and understanding where I hold my tension. And that completely changed my life because all of a sudden I was more in control of why I feel certain things. What is this feeling going to lead to? Is it a trigger? And because of all of the stigma around anxiety, nobody ever knew I was dealing with this because the work that I was in, the legal profession... <laughs> you don't say things like this, like you're either on the bus or off the bus. You're not. Mm -hmm. So I was hiding it. There was a great deal of shame and guilt about it. And then I found this path that helped me so much. And from that figgy was born. And the skincare is for sensitive dry skin, because that's one of my biggest symptoms from my anxiety disorder. And it's a shout out to owning who I am and being okay with my diagnosis and understanding that this is just the way I'm wired. <laughs> and it's interesting you bring up, so the brand name is Figi, and, and the idea that a beauty and skincare line, uh, I guess, means more to you than simply some different uh, formulations. You're saying it really symbolizes something different that is related to your life and your journey. Yeah, for sure. I've always loved skincare, but this was... When I started Figgy, I understood that I had the tools to make a change, but I was often barred from doing as much as I could in my practice or in my consultancy because I was dealing with politics and diplomacy and bureaucracy, and I didn't want to do that anymore. And I knew there were a lot of women in professional fields that feel like I do. So I wanted to create a community for them, and I wanted to offer them something that can help elevate that self-care journey. And that's how the skincare came to me because I had this beautiful ingredient from South Africa and I was really struggling with my skin. Honestly, the skin sensitivity, <laughs> even now when I have panic attacks, like my skin is off for weeks. So it really was something that I set out to do for me and to help me feel better. And I just hope that it has the same effect for other people as well. Mm -hmm. I think so, some of the listeners might be able to relate to what you're saying, that often the mental health system, symptoms or even other physical conditions might manifest in a yeah. surprising way, like your skin. And people say, I didn't know that was related, that there might be a brain condition that is affecting my gut or my joints or something like that. And this sounds like what your experience was. Yes, that's very true. And that's what I think I was also saying at the beginning is it's so much more than just the panic attacks. You often struggle with IBS kind of symptoms. You struggle with insomnia. I have migraine attacks. Um, and it's all it's, many times it's like a vicious circle. I wouldn't sleep well. I'll get a migraine. The migraine will lead to panic attacks. So it always goes in, in that kind of flow. 
So there's that's why it's so important that you have to have this holistic view of how are you going to change your lifestyle and how are you managing it every day because there are all of these factors <laughs> mm-hmm. to take into account. And there's medical professionals who might be listening to this uh, interview. And what insights would you have for them as they might be trying to help their patients who are trying to navigate life and obviously their condition, but also who are business people, who are professionals, or who are Mm -hmm. going to school? What insights would you have for these doctors to better relate or better treat their patients based on your experience? I would just say that I think we've come a long way with mental health and understanding mental health and being respectful towards it. I don't, in my opinion, think we've come that far with an anxiety type of issue because it seems to be so general. But even if you don't understand what that patient is going through, but you can take the time to help them find the right person that can help them in the right direction and just have a little bit of compassion in that moment. One of my big things is I almost felt that night like I wasn't interesting enough. If my gallbladder didn't burst or I didn't have a, <laughs> I was just stressed. You're not going to make the cover of some <laughs> medical journal. <laughs> but it really had such an impact on me. Those first doctors that you come into contact with, you honestly do not know what is happening to you. You don't understand it. Just that first, you know, medical professionals that can be compassionate towards you and try to understand what you're going through or point you in the right direction would make such a big difference. Yes. And sometimes patients are very motivated by some goals and some future uh, pathways. As you look at yourself, your life and your business, of course, now with Figi, what drives you and motivates you for keeping improving? your condition, but also staying on the path uh, that has been prescribed for you? For me, that has been like almost a uncomfortable acceptance of it because I remember for many years, I was always speaking to my healthcare providers and I would always ask them, when am I going to be normal again? Mm-hmm. When can I stop taking the medication? When will I be normal again? And I never realized that... <laughs> It's never going to go back to the way it was. This is me. This is normal. This is the way I am wired. Taking that stress off of me to think that I still need to revert back to what I was or to be able to do things the way I used to do it and looking back at it now and understanding I didn't do it as effectively in any way because I was always so stressed out held me a lot. So it's not that I said, really big future goals for myself, but rather that I try to accept that sometimes I'm just going to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean like all of my progress is now thrown in the water and I'm now not normal again. It just means I had a bad day. Yes. And tomorrow is another day and we'll try again. Yes. And so many people out there are working on uh, new treatments, new therapies, new techniques. Uh, What would you say to those people to motivate them to accelerate their journey of discovery of new treatments? The most important part for me would be if we can look at these treatments in a way that gives you, and I don't know if this is possible at all, 
but a little less side effects because when I started on this journey and I had to go onto medication, it was explained to me that not everybody works well with every medicine. So everybody has different kind of side effects. Everybody's so if it doesn't work for you, we're going to change you onto something else. But that process is so daunting and stressful and horrifying because your body goes through so much. You go through the dry mouth symptoms, you go through this little feeling where you feel like you have a foam in front of your eyes, you're tired, then you're not tired, then you pick up weight, then you lose weight. And it's horrible to go through that. If there is a medication that you can go on for anxiety <laughs> that doesn't have that amount of side effects that you constantly have to switch between, I think it will make your journey a little easier at least yes it's a and big it, ask though <laughs> that's a big ask but that's what we have to aspire to these things don't we <laughs> yeah. and maybe as we elevate and as we close our discussion jane first of all thanks for your forthcomingness uh, just to be open and honest with your journey i know it's going to help a lot of people both on the patient side and on the professional side but i want to leave the listeners uh, with a thought from your business uh, in figgy beauty you don't refer to them as customers or women or users of your products. You call them goddesses. Yes. And this is really a sort of a self-actualization idea that you're not just a consumer of my brand. I want to look at you as a goddess. What could we learn from that? For me, it's really just that embodiment of we all deserve to celebrate the goddess within and we all forget to do that. So yes, I want them to think that I think of them as a goddess because in that way, hopefully we can inspire each other in this community to think of ourselves as such when we look in the mirror or when we have a tough day or when we have a great day or a joyful day or we celebrate the moments in our children's lives. We all have something beautiful to offer. The world just makes us forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. We need to remember it. And thanks for reminding us. We appreciate it. My guest has been Dr. Jean Retief. She's CEO of Figi Beauty. Jean, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And listeners, thank you for coming by our podcast. As we've been talking about, we're looking to accelerate the patient's journey from diagnosis to wellness and living a fuller life. And I think we've heard from Jean today, as we want to emphasize in every show that our patients are not simply patients or people with conditions. They are people living lives and aspiring to build businesses, grow families and improve the world. And I think we've gained a lot from Gene and the conversation today. For now, I'm Mark Stinson. Come back again next time. We'll continue our conversations with patient advocates, healthcare executives, researchers on what we need to hear when the patients speak. Thanks for listening to The Patient Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey with best-selling author Mark Stinson. Our podcast is hosted on Captivate.fm, so you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now so you won't miss an episode of The Patients Speak. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host another show you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. 
It's a top-rated podcast featuring interviews with creators around the world. We help you gain the confidence and connections to launch your creative work out into the world. Look for Unlocking Your World of Creativity on your favorite podcast app.